and I'm back. It's been a long time, I know. Um, just been busy, but finally got to carve out some time to talk Cowboys football. So, new season, new episodes. Let's get into it. Hello. Thank you for once again, or if it's your first time, thank you for choosing to listen to the Armchair Champion podcast. This is Tori, and uh, before I get started, I just want to apologize for being sort of out of the, uh, uh, just out of uh, action for so long. Um, just, you know, between pretty quiet off season and everything, and going further back, um, like I said, I was going through a bit of a transition, so, you know, I really didn't carve out a lot of time to try to, you know, put out any new content or anything like that um, in the past uh, since, what was it, October of last year. But um, I am uh, returning, uh, putting back on the uh, headphones and the microphone, and I'm getting ready to uh, gear up and talk more Cowboys football for the year. So, now that I have put that out there, uh, I uh, just want to go ahead and uh, get into uh, basically what we've been seeing on uh, HBO for the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and that is uh, the Hard Knocks uh, series. Um, uh, initially, when I found out the Cowboys themselves were chosen for Hard Knocks, honestly, I wasn't a fan. I, I feel like the Cowboys, we this team gets a lot of attention, you know, between the sports shows and the sports pundits, you know, online and otherwise. There's a lot of attention that seems to uh, be drawn around the Dallas Cowboys, and I felt like Hard Knocks, especially just just thinking on the season we had last year, Hard Knocks was probably to me going to be more of a distraction. At least, like I said, in my opinion, you know, because now you've got cameras around on top of all the attention. And, you know, every year the Cowboys are going to the Super Bowl. So (laughs) with all that talk going on and, you know, all the other uh, sound bites, media bits and whatever have you, you know, it just felt like hard knocks was a bit much. But um, me being... At the core of myself, a Cowboys fan, I did tune in. Sounds a bit uh, hypocritical, I know, or contradictory of myself. But, you know, at the end of the day, you can't really keep a fan away from that team, no matter whether or not they agree or disagree with whatever's going on. Again, like I said, initially, I was not a fan of Hard Knocks being in Dallas this year. But... Given that it was in Dallas, and because it's the Dallas Cowboys at the heart of it, I just felt the need to watch because, well, it's my team, so, you know, you know, it's my team, so can't exactly just turn a, just can't can't exactly get away from that. But um, my observations just through the whole training camp process, it looks like. Compared to last year, I want to start here. Compared to last year, the defense, all right, 
the defense had a horrendous year in 2020. I mean, just bottom categories and everything. One of the worst defenses fielded in team history, in NFL history, likely. But um, one of the worst defenses that got fielded. That, what I saw in training camp, if it continues into the regular season this year, it'll be a vast improvement from what we had last year. Um, looks like the defense, uh, for all intents and purposes, at least from the sample size we get, uh, did basically a 180 there. You know, they went from what they were last year to much better, you know, actually making tackles and, you know, making tackles as needed, not taking bad angles for the most part, you know, um, actually stopping the run and getting a little pressure on the quarterback. So that looked good, you know. That looked pretty good. The most exciting part of the defense is Micah Parsons. You know, I mean, anybody who's a fan of the Dallas Cowboys is likely a fan, <laughs> speaking highly of Micah Parsons at this point, and should be. It's well-deserved. The guy has a high motor. He's well-motivated to get out there and just play, and he loves football. And what more could you really ask for? And honestly, I think this guy could lead that defense. He really could. I mean, it's even projected that he's going to be the defensive rookie of the year. Well, although that projection is way too early and we're getting ahead of ourselves, he has the makings to be impactful enough for a projection like that to be justified. But right now, I want to see this guy get in there and just, you know, make plays, you know. So, we again, you know, uh, that that's pretty much what I want for him. There. So, that, that's the most exciting part about Michael Parsons. He's a linebacker we honestly haven't seen in a while. You know, we haven't seen a linebacker like that come through Dallas in quite a while. And I'm just excited to see what this guy's going to do. You know, I'm, I'm very excited to see what he's going to do. Uh, so, there's that. Um, the uh, front, the defensive line looks a little bit better. Like, I think that we had a pretty good draft. Like, our draft was defensive heavy. Um, my favorite picks were, of course, you know, Mike. we had Micah Parsons. I wanted a cornerback, but we got Micah Parsons, so couldn't ask for more um, outside of that. Uh, definitely was a favor of the, the uh, Jabril, the, excuse me, I'm messing up his name, uh, the Jabril Cox pickup. As I stated, I was a fan of the uh, Jabril Cox pickup. Um, I think that he's uh, definitely a good addition to this defense uh, because he's a linebacker who can also be dropped into coverage. So if you need to cover a tight end or maybe a slot receiver, someone that's pulled off in the slot, anything of that nature, he can definitely serve in that role as well. Um, if an offense decides to try to spread out the defense, he can definitely sort of switch into that role. He can play inside the box, so he can definitely roll into uh, coverage. So that's definitely a good thing for uh, Jabril Cox uh, being picked up. Um, so I was definitely excited about that pick. Um, so when I uh, had an eye on Dallas picking, um, did my own mock drafts and, you know, I always wanted to pick him. Um, uh, but them actually picking him was definitely a, uh, to me, a, a definitely a good pickup, especially for when they picked him up. I thought he'd surely be gone, uh, within the first two or three rounds, but, uh, we, he fell to us. And I think that was a, a fortunate thing. 
Um, staying on the defensive side of the uh, football, um, we uh, the defensive front looks good. Um, so to keep from messing up this uh, this man's uh, last name, um, Osa, I think he's going to uh, be a solid uh, contributor. I think he's definitely going to be good in the middle. Because going into even the draft, the middle of the defensive line was my biggest worry. That was my biggest concern. And um, they addressed that. They got a pretty healthy rotation. Um, they went and got uh, Brent Ehrman in free agency, who uh, looks to be a contributor. Um, they got Osa in the draft from UCLA. They got uh, Bohanna. Um, he came in from Kentucky. Um, and then they got a, though we didn't get to see him play, they got a Chauncey Golson from, what was it, Iowa, I believe. Um, Iowa, Iowa State. No, it was Iowa. Um, but um, we haven't seen him play yet. But um, at least from what uh, many of us can understand, um, he's a solid player as well. So basically, we just need guys to disrupt that pocket. And it looks like they're trying to address that by bringing on so many guys uh, within the interior. Um, on the edge. Uh, I think the edge should be okay. Um, I think Dorrance Armstrong had a really good camp. He was definitely solid when he played. I also think Rondell Carter had a good camp, which brings me to a head scratcher as to why Kamara made the roster and Rondell Carter got cut. Um, I think the time that uh, Rondell Carter got, he was solid. And Kamara looked okay. He had uh, flashes at times. But of the two, I think Kamara could have used more work with practice squad, you know, working on technique and maybe even trying to build his body up some more. I think he definitely needs that because for an edge, I think he's undersized. If you look at him, he uh, almost looks like the size of a corner safety. But um, he wanted to have just a little more size on him or, you know, just get him some size to at least be able to compete with those tackles on the edges if he were to have to come in and uh, contribute in a game at some point. So I think Kamara should have uh, been placed on the practice squad and Rondell Carter should have been uh, placed on the roster. Um, I think that's uh, pretty much what should have taken place for the defensive side of the ball. Uh, Cornerback two is definitely a a question mark. Um, You have, well, obviously Trayvon Diggs is cornerback uh, one. So there's no questioning that. But um, cornerback two, it's between guys like Kelvin Joseph, who we got in the second round, Nashawn Wright, who we got in the fourth round, who's actually been a rather big surprise all camp. Um, he seems to be doing the things that you would want out of your cornerback, you know. Um, of course, he had a couple of missteps, but, you know, hey, what cornerback honestly doesn't for the most part, you know, and for a rookie cornerback, but still, it looks as though um, Deshaun Wright's a very strong uh, cornerback there. And then you would throw Anthony Brown into the mix, who honestly has been very underwhelming the last few seasons. Like, if he is going to be cornerback too, I fear that he's going to get taken advantage of by a lot of mismatches there. Um I've seen him on the bad end of a lot of uh, contested catches. Either he's getting a pass interference penalty or the person that he's defending gets the catch and leaves him in the dust. But um, this is my observation. Um, I I don't think that he's uh, I I don't think he should be on the edge of anything. You put him inside in uh, the nickel or something of that nature. Um, But I don't think that Anthony Brown is a very good uh, uh, cornerback to candidate. Um, they might choose him for seniority, but I think if they 
put him in that position. I just have my own personal gut feeling that if he's in that position, he might get taken advantage of a lot by mismatches, and they're going to have to change it up in the middle of the season. Um, but I, I feel like uh, – and Joseph, um, I think he's still got some work to do from what I understand. Um, just from all reports, Joseph, you know, is still trying to, I guess he's trying to adjust to, uh, the lead, you know, just to the professional level. So, uh, somewhat, um, shows flashes, but not quite ready from my understanding. But I think that, uh, with some time, you know, with, uh, cause honestly, second round pick likely he's going to have a roster spot. He's going to need to put in some work. He's going to have to put in the work. And I don't doubt that Kelvin Joseph will put in the work. Um, but he's going to have to hit the ground running uh, to get that work, to get up to speed. Um, he shows that he can do the things that you need your cornerback to do in the NFL. But he's got to be more consistent. So he's going to have to hit the ground running. Um, so cornerback, too, again, like I said, big question mark there. Um, hopefully it's not a season long audition that turns out to, uh, bear pretty, to, to bear, um, negative results or anything of that nature. Hopefully someone can step up and take that position. It should have been done in camp, honestly, but right now it's such a question mark that you're going to likely use the early, the probably the earliest part of this season, determining who's going to be the consistent contributor at cornerback too. So um, right now, to me, that's still up in the air. Going to the offensive side of the ball, I feel like um, well, to start with the corner, with the uh, backup quarterback position, I think that that's still up in the air. Personally, um, they chose Cooper Rush to be the corner, I mean, to be the backup quarterback to Dak Prescott, but I'm concerned that that's sort of a night and day thing between. Going from Dak Prescott, God forbid if anything were to happen, to Cooper Rush. Because Dak Prescott has uh, tools that Cooper Rush doesn't. Um, honestly, between him, Gilbert, and Danucci, I think Gilbert would probably be the more, for the sake of the system that's installed, would probably be the more formidable quarterback to back up Dak Prescott. I mean, we saw it in the Steelers game. They put him in and he contributed and he had some of the, uh, some of basically the same um, play that you would look for and expect from Dak Prescott. Uh, so honestly, if you put Gilbert in at a quarterback two spot, you don't have to drastically overhaul your uh, offensive scheme or your offensive uh system you don't have to try to tailor it directly to him you can run somewhat of a semblance of what you do with Dak Prescott you know because he can you know he can throw the ball but he can also if need be he can scramble out run a bootleg try to make a play with his legs get some yards um whatever have you Garrett Gilbert has that skill set um but I guess the thing that put Garrett Gilbert on the outs is that Cooper Rush was more consistent maybe in the last couple of games in the preseason. Uh, Garrett Gilbert did do some things. You know, he held onto the ball too long, got rid of it too quickly. Honestly, I'd say that's probably the effects of having a line that may hold up for two seconds before you've got three defenders in your face. Uh, but um, I, I don't know. Um, 
I I just feel like Garrett Gilbert's probably the better logical choice to add there, primarily because his skill set resembles to some degree that of Dak Prescott. You know, he can do things that Dak Prescott tends to do. Not everything that Dak brings, but he can definitely do if you need it to sort of you know, chisel down the offense. You don't have to overhaul it. You can just chisel it down to basically do do things that Dak would also do. But, you know, you don't have to comp like leave it over complicated for Garrett Gilbert. Plus, you know, like I said, like he you know, he could get results. He can get results in that way. Um if they were gonna keep someone on a practice squad, I think they should have at least put Garrett Gilbert there. Uh Ben DiNucci just he failed all around to me. Like he just did not <sighs> I, I don't I don't know I don't know why they put Danucci back on as a practice squad. Maybe they're holding out hope for him. Maybe they're holding out hope he's going to develop or the light switch is going to come on at some point in time. Um, he's a young guy. Yes, he has youth on his side, but in a situation where you need someone to immediately contribute, Danucci's not ready. He wasn't even ready in the game that they put him in in Philadelphia last year. But Gilbert offers a better foot forward to that. He actually can implement some. He can give you a chance basically just off of his skill set. In my opinion, he could give you that chance, but Danucci, they brought him back to the practice squad after they cut him. I figured somehow they were going to do that. And honestly, I just feel like they should have just used Garrett Gilbert in that spot. Um, he honestly, I think Garrett Gilbert would be the better contributor. Um, even better than Cooper Rush, which is why if anybody needed truly to be on the practice squad, if just in my opinion, it would likely be Cooper Rush. Just put him on the practice squad and put Gary Gilbert at the number two. That's just how I would see it. Um, as far as the offensive line goes, the guy I was rooting for the most in camp, Isaac Alarcon. I think he should have made the roster. You know, he should have been definitely in the plans for the depth on the roster. A lot of that line up and down the line outside of the starting guys, very underwhelming. Like, I I think that that was a reason you really didn't get to see exactly a full scope of what the quarterback battle should have been. I mean, I know you're not going to get first team all pros on every level of your offensive line. But you have to give him some sort of a chance to try to, you know, try to make a at least a, a, a valiant attempt at making a play. You know, it looks like they were just dump off some throwaways because I don't think quarterbacks really had time to try to, you know, make go through their progressions. You know, like soon as the line snaps and you're playing against other teams, twos and threes, soon as the snap goes off, you're basically Worried about your lineman being in your lap, but you can't really get the ball off like you want to. So I, I honestly think that the probably the better offensive lineman that I saw, and again, like I said, this is my guy throughout camp, my guy on hard knocks, Isaac Alarcon at tackle. I don't have confidence in Steele or Ty Nseki, um, if I pronounce his name, last name right. I, I honestly don't. I don't like I saw them basically backing up on roller skates in a lot of plays. Now, Terrence still got thrown into the fire because they really had absolutely no choice last year. But I think 
that Alicorn has the fundamentals. He has better fundamentals. I mean, they might like Terrence Steele's size and all those things, but size doesn't equate to, you know, what you need at the bare minimum to play the position. It doesn't equate to mechanics. It doesn't equate to fundamentals. And I think Alicorn has that. He just, he needs, yes, you should have it groomed, but I think he will be a solid contributor at any position on the t- of tackle, whether it be left or right. I think he could be a, cons- a contributor and a solid one at that. Still leaves much to be desired. Like, I know, and like I said, undrafted rookie, but Isaac Alacon wasn't drafted. He was signed from Monterey, Mexico, you know, and his fundamentals. So they basically came in at the same level, but still gets the nod for the roster. Alacon, to me, has the better fundamentals. No, he has the better mechanics. He's to me, he's he's more ready to step in than Steele would be. Now, I know Steele may have had a few improvements and everything, and he adjusted as the season went on last year. But still, Steele is still just not looking honestly like someone who played most of a season at tackle. You know, he still looks like he's making those kind of mistakes. You know, like uh, no, not exactly. Feet aren't exactly footwork's not exactly the best, not getting his head around when he needs to, you know, or, you know, even even when it comes to the blocking, you know what I mean? Not really, you know, doing what it just it just looked like he needs more work. And the both of them would need the work. But I think Alarcon is more primed to be there for the depth, be on the roster and still work to make the next level, you know, and I like the part in Hard Knocks where Tyron Smith was coaching him up, you know, and he told him, you can't be a nice guy out there, and it was like someone took shackles off of Alicon, and he just went nasty, you know, for the time he was in the game, you know, he just pushed forward, you know, he decided that he just basically just gloves came off, and he just, you know, he just went to a, a different place, and I liked it. I think Alakon's that I think he could be that guy. Like I said, huge fan of him. I was up I was disappointed when he didn't get put on the roster when he got cut and in place on a practice squad. Yes, he's still in Dallas, but I was rooting for him to make the roster. But they put him on a practice squad over Terrence Steele, who I don't have the utmost confidence in. And the Seki, who doesn't look like he produces the utmost confidence in anyone himself. That was my biggest disappointment because, and I know that was my guy going through camp, um, but I believe he truly could, he could truly contribute. So that's why I was really in that man's corner. So now that's my biggest disappointment as far as that goes. But outside of all that. We have everything set. Um, um, so season starts now. Uh, effectively, the show itself is over. I know they have one more episode, but effectively, the show's over. So the question begs is, can we get down to business? Can we truly hone in and take care of business? That's the question that remains to be answered. So... Uh, the only thing there is to do is just hope and pray that the Cowboys are headed in the right direction. <laughs>
And that's all we pretty much have right now. That's all we can do is hope and pray that they're headed in the right direction. So we shall see. It's a long season. Got an extra game in the season, so it's a 17-game season. So it's a lot of time, a lot of tape to come to tell the tale. And we're all hoping for the best in Cowboys Nation. But uh, that's my uh, take on the whole Hard Knocks experience and training camp. Um, of course, yes, more to follow. I will definitely uh, be getting with you with another episode. Um, so just stay tuned. And uh, that's uh, my time for the day. I will uh, catch you on the next episode of our Armchair Champion Podcast. And until then, take care. God bless. And I will see you on the sidelines. Peace.